Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Tribe Radio. Radio, radio. Aren't those the coolest sound effects ever? How are you guys this Tuesday evening? Yeah, it's evening. It is. And it's even later in some parts of the uh, country. I hope you're doing well because I am. I just had pizza. Pizza. That's right. We're healthy eaters here, you know, as often as we can be. But Bud made a pizza because tonight, you know, we don't cook dinner on Tuesday nights because of Tribe Radio. And Bug is crunching into a pizza next to me right now. And I went, you know, I have this really awesome salad with chicken breast in the fridge. But damn, that pizza smells good. So, you know, I, I had some pizza because I had salad for lunch today. So. so did I. So did you. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's I'm awesome. I'm just a bad person. You are. That's <laughs> You heard it here on Tribe first, everybody. He's a bad person. Um, yeah, they already know. Yeah, we've got we've got a really uh, cool show for you tonight. And you know, really, am I ever going to come on here and go? We got a kind of crappy show for you tonight. I think I've gone on the air saying that we've got a really serious show for you tonight, or or we've got you know tonight on a special episode of Tribe Radio. Right on a special episode where they didn't they used to do that like in the nineties where they would say a special episode Fresh and, Prince of Bel Air. Right. And then they would tackle something that they perceived as serious. And you're like, shut up, I want to see funny. Right, want to see funny. We don't serious. we don't care that someone's got an S T D. You know, we don't care that well, that that someone's got you you care. You care a little. You care a little? See if you had the sound clip for We Care a Lot. I'm just stop, yeah, stop doing that. You thought about that, stop right? My I mind. know. I love I love Mr. Bungle and Faith No More. Um, but okay. yeah, no, this one's not serious by any means, especially with the guest we've got coming on. Oh man, no way. Even if we wanted to be serious, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Um, but before we bring our guest on, I, I wanted to say something. Um, because it bummed me out when I read it this morning, and you probably know what I'm talking about already. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sad that Shirley Temple Black died today. You know, she was 85. She she lived a good life. Um, but man, I got to tell you, I I enjoyed her movies back in the day, man. Seeing her dance, uh, especially didn't she dance with Mr. Bojangles? Isn't that who that was? Dancing with her in a, a show or two? I think you're right. She was unreal. There are certain um, stars that come along, and they're unreal. Their talent is is otherworldly. And if we found out that they were aliens, like in the movie Men in Black, where they showed the whole screen full of aliens, and they're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Shirley Temple, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, you know, those guys are unreal. Unreal. The talent is just it's, it's through the roof. Um and I was watching a special on Louis Armstrong, too. Louis Armstrong, man, talent through the roof. And he he was in a, a show with Shirley Temple. So uh, that was, right. was pretty cool, cool connection. But, you know, uh, may she rest in peace. I just wanted to take that second to remember her because, yeah, she made me happy when I was a lot younger. So um, there, now that, that we brought the mood totally down... We absolutely have to bring it back up with, with one of my favorite people ever. And I say that because this guy, there were times when, and he didn't know, you know, because I, I, regardless of what I flap about on the radio, I don't, I don't say a lot about what's going on with me um, when we're out there on the streets picking up needles. But we met him, we first met him when we were recruiting uh, people for the California 
initiative at the time. And he was one of the first three people that we met. You know, we would meet in these public places in case these guys were crazy. You know, we'd have them meet us at this, this Thai restaurant we liked that, you know, we knew really well and we knew all the entrances and exits. And, God, we were crazy back then. Back then. And we wanted to know, you know, these guys were okay. So we'd have them meet us at uh, at this restaurant and we'd talk with them. And and we'd, uh, we'd vow to say, okay, so it was really nice talking to you and you'll be hearing from us. And, you know, we don't mean that in an insincere office space type of way. Well, you'll, you'll be hearing from us either way, you know, either way, whether or not, you know, we think you'd be a good part of this team or not. And it never failed. We never, ever said that because the people that we interviewed, we always ended up going, oh, screw this. You're in. We like you. We feel something right now with you and if we're wrong then fine we're going to eat it on this one but we did that with clockwork and we did that with old school yeah and uh yeah we already knew Corey, so and and those people are still with us to this day although this man when he came to do the interview i i think i turned a bug and i said yeah we got to have him because uh this guy's hella funny he's so funny Something like that I tried to whisper when he went to the bathroom or something. I like this guy. And it's uh, almost three years later. Coming up. Yeah, it's coming up on three years. And I still like this guy. I'm kind of bummed because he's not in the same city uh, time zone as we are anymore. And uh, every time we go out to New Needle Walk, there's always some little reminder. It's like that, that, that bad 90s song. Always something there to remind me. That's right, old school. That's how that we was, feel. Uh, that was 80s. Was that 80s? But okay. Okay, one of those. I know he meant. Can you sing it for me? No. Damn, you have a nice voice. <laughs> you, never, you never take the cue. <clears throat> anyway, there's always something out there, whether it's a, a nice you know, pile of poop. And I say that uh, in the most enduring way I can. He knows why. Uh, or whether it's you know, just somebody we used to, to um, outreach to together. Um, whenever I see them, I think of him. So, But he's here. He's here tonight. We got him forever, however long he can stay on the phone with us. So I'm going to quit exercising my jaws and turn the microphone over to the artist formerly known as Old School, now known as Agent Double O Soul, um, Thomas Strange. Woo! Because the jokes I could be making about that episode and the name of the show itself, I'm I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to do it. I'll let you. I'll let you fill it in yourself. Oh wow! Better person than me. (laughs) Well, you know, and and for anyone listening right now, if you get easily offended, you know, too bad. Turn the radio off because old school. This might not be the episode for you. This might not be the episode (laughs) for you. Uh, I know the guy. I know his heart. So I know that everything he says, he can get away with. That's fine with me, honestly. Um, I remember somebody getting really pissed off about you about some, I don't know, way you, the way you phrased something once, and I thought, you know, you don't know him. That's why. So if you knew him, you know. Yeah, I like to say that my good works kind of balance out the scales for anything I might say. And, that's right. Uh, I hope that's true, but it's uh, at this point, I think I've built up enough fish camera that I can rip a prostitute in half like a phone book. There you go. I can only do a couple of years in purgatory. See? Okay, Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I hear him say that and I'm like, Yep, I know I know how he means it. I'm all good. So if you got offended by that, I'm I'm really sorry this isn't the show for you, but you know, we we think he's hella funny. <laughs> you know, we have to have Vector draw that picture now. <laughs> yeah, we have to have Vector draw a picture of old school ripping a, a prostitute and have like a phone booth like phone book like a, like a phone booth. <laughs> Oh, so, so let me just say that before we say anything else, I want to say how grateful I am and proud I am of you guys for all the work you're doing with the needle walk. Uh, I think oh. you guys are doing a terrific job. How many needles have you picked up off the street so far this year? Oh, oh God. God. You know what? we got to check the, the totals. Um, gosh, you know what? I haven't added them up. I know we have another one on Saturday coming up, but I haven't, I haven't added it up for this year. You are really good. You usually had them like that you know you knew exactly what where we were at but yeah. me i'm i gotta look at I, I look at our posts and that, that way i know you know it's funny well i i use the uh, statistics uh analysis models to make our route for us when we first started so keeping track was kind of important in the beginning but it's getting less important now that we know where to go oh yeah you know there are a couple alleys where we know oh man they're just they're crazy it's ground score every single time and i think when we miss a week you can tell it's terrible. It's it's just getting oh, yeah. really crazy. Yeah. You know the alley we normally uh, we would normally start off the walks with. You remember that one? Caledonia. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. That one has kind of turned into the biggest pull lately. It has. You know, oh, oh uh, you're talking about you're talking about Lovers Lane. No, are you talking about Artist Alley with all the murals? No, 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 no. The, uh, Lovers Lane. And you're talking about Lovers Lane. That's uh, that was yeah. our first one after that. Yeah, I usually did Artist Alley alone because it's pretty well lit, and then I would meet you guys. That's so, yeah, right. Lovers Lane was the first one, and the next one over is Poopcake Alley. That's right. Lovers right. Lane you want is to tell going the audience crazy. why it's called Poopcake Alley. Absolutely. Uh, not one, twice. I don't know about three times, but uh, we we were greeted twice. with a one with a wonderful box cake box full of poop. So, you know, the first time we saw it, we went, oh, I'm really sorry I saw that. Uh, but isn't that interesting? The person took the time to poop into the cake box. At least I'm hoping well, that's you what know, You know, we've come across enough boxes now that I finally realized there are two reasons for it. One is they're creating a huff box uh, where uh, if, you huff, if you huff a poop box enough, you do get high. So we didn't know it at the time, but we were coming across huff boxes. Oh, my God. Uh, which are a little bit more prevalent down here because the poverty level is a little higher. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we were coming across some very, uh, some very, uh, some terrible health boxes. Wow. 
And then, <laughs> this is just too funny. Man, and then we said we came across another one, a second one, and we went, you know, this is really sweet that they are uh, leaving us they these us a nice present. <laughs> amazing poop cakes. So that, you know, hence from that day on, poop cake. So, yeah. Poop cake alley. Um, poop cake alley. Uh, Let me see if I can remember all the alleys. All right, we got Lover's Lane, Poop Cake Alley, Artist Alley, Poe's Way, F-Bomb Alley, Miss Patty's House, uh, Ray's House? Uh, the you like a lot? Don, Don, Don. Don, Don, oh, the Don's way. The Don's way, yep. And yep. Uh, then it was just the underpasses. Yeah, oh man, the underpass was called Lost Lost Boy Bridge. Oh, Lost Boy Bridge was the uh, the one where we found all those people sleeping in the beams, ready yeah. to drop on us. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's the thing, can you, can you tell people why it was called Lover's Lane? Uh, we call it Lover's Lane because we would find a lot of condoms and um, 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 nitrous packs down there. Uh, so we I found out from a little bit of a nighttime or time that a lot of people would be trading heroin for sex in that particular alley. Uh, yeah. So that's where that's why we started calling it Lover's Lane because we find condoms, uh, nitrous. Um, if you're, I think everyone knows what nitrous is for. Uh, right. Uh, we had a lot of that down there. Now, did you ever, I know the answer to this, but our uh, listeners don't, did you ever run into anyone performing such acts? Well, would you like to talk about the disappointing blowjob incident or the three-man orgy? Which, which uh, do you think would enlighten the audience the most? Uh, I, they're both pretty damn Disappointing? Funny. Disappointing blowjob. My favorite one is disappointing blowjob. Uh, me and our, my good friend, our good friend Seba, were going down this alley, and I noticed a guy receiving head. But I was worried because the person on the bottom looked like he might have been passed out, which is rape, and I'm not going to just walk by a rape. So I, I walked over, and I said, is everything all right? And you know, I'm ready to intervene. And the guy says, oh, yeah, it's fine. He's not passed out. He's just doing a terrible job. And the guy... Doing the terrible job, looked up and he goes, "Yeah, I'm just not into it that much, but I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I kept walking. There's some honesty right inter- there. Yeah, you have to intervene <laughs> for bad sex, but you don't have to intervene for you have to intervene for rape, but not for bad sports. That's right. That's right. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, oh no, the show is it's it's still young, so yeah. <laughs> Um, no, no, okay, so that was the disappointing blowjob. What about the three-man orgy? Three-man orgy also happened in Lover's Lane. Um, this was one of those weird times where my mind would not accept what I was seeing. So I saw these three guys, and I thought they were just talking. And as they got closer and closer, I kept thinking, they're awfully close. And then I realized they had formed a human centipede of sex. And they were just going at it, all three guys having sex at the same exact time. And as I walked by, one of them waved to me over another guy's shoulder with his foot and said, hey, how's it going? And I had to say to the guy, there was one guy standing, the other two were kneeling, and I said, uh, there's a used hypodermic needle about a foot away from your foot. You might if I stop and get it, because I'm afraid you're going to step on it. And they looked down horrified, horrified, I say, now that the terrible act they were committing in broad daylight, the fact that one of them had almost stepped on a needle. 
I had them stop. They were very happy to stop for a second while I picked up the needle, and I, I was praying to God not to get sprayed with anything because I was literally oh, man. literally a foot away from five different orifices. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and, you know, you did this every single weekend. So I would always tell you, you got to write a book. You got to write this stuff down because it's just, <laughs> if I weren't there for half of it, it would be unbelievable. But I was there, you know, so it, well, that's, wow. That's why I'm so glad I have so many different friends because some of my friends say, hey, you were a superhero picked up meals for the year? That's unbelievable. But the person I'm saying that to was a professional wrestler for me and with me for two years. Or he was a, you know, a fencer while I was a fencer in the SCA for four years. Or he was in the Army while I was a nuclear weapons specialist. I have all these friends who don't believe one or two aspects of my life. But it's good because Sunday I'll get you guys all to meet. Yeah, and we'll, we'll all be uh, going, oh, man, you did this? Oh, yeah, he did that. And we're trading stories. So that's the way it's got to be. Um that you know what? Can you talk about? By the way, I, I've got I've got to interject that uh, old school was our very first guest on Tribe Radio when we started over a year ago, um, and uh, we brought you on so you could help people. We wanted to talk about uh, needle pickups and patrols. We'll get to that, but I really like uh, what you just brought up. You were a nuclear weapons specialist. You know what? You got you got to go back to that. You got to give us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I was a nuclear weapons specialist in the military for uh, four years. Uh, I was uh, brought in a little bit early for the age requirements. Um, went to Germany and spent uh, spent uh, most of my time just you know learning the trade. And then uh, during the SALT II treaties, uh, we were spending our time getting around the neutron bomb protocols. Wow. <laughs> Now, how the hell did you get into that? Just because you I, wanted uh, to? I was tested by the military at a young age, and uh, they allowed me into uh, kind of an accelerated program. That is so, you know, I mean, you, you that's what you wanted to do, or that's what you just, you know. I, did you not, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but the military knew what I'd be good at. Aha, uh-huh. aha. Uh-huh. So I you thought... Oh, yeah, I was told I had a gift for destruction, oh. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you definitely have a few gifts. That's crazy. Wow. So I was a very different guy at the time. I was, uh, I don't know if I was more serious, but I was, um, I was definitely a, a more straight-laced kind of fellow. <laughs> now, I'm the greatest soldier in the world, by the way. If any of my military friends are listening, they're like, that's fucking... <laughs> but you the best of soldiers. But you did learn. You got you got you know field. You got medic training while you're out there, which which is an, an awesome thing to have under your belt. Yeah, I also uh, got two MOSs while I was in. Uh, one of them was a 91 Alpha, which is combat medic, and I got that because if you were ever captured as a nuclear weapon specialist, you could scream at the top of your lungs while they're using electrodes on your testicles. That you're just a medic. Please stop putting electrodes on my testicles. <laughs> I used to be able to say that in like nine languages. Please nice. stop putting electrodes to my testicles. <laughs> so well, I if also wanted to scream in Farsi. I swear to God, I'm Canadian. <laughs> 
Now, do you remember any of that? Do you remember how to say any of that? I, I don't remember how to say any of that, but trust me, at the time, I knew it perfectly. I was going to say, okay, so the scenario is you're getting your fingers cut off instead, and here you are screaming, please stop putting electrodes to my testicles. Yeah, they would be kind of confused if they were chopping off my finger and I was screaming, please stop putting electrodes. I just I was kind of subtly hinting, hey, guys, right? this is awful, but you would be really awful if you guys were to concentrate on my testicles. I That's would what hate I was <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you're giving them his. Oh, this yeah. is terrible. <laughs> Uh, okay. And do we have to? Do we have to just torture his testicles? No, you don't have to. You get to. <laughs> he keeps screaming at us. You are. <laughs> oh man. Um, now, you also have because some of the best stories I heard were also from your um, wrestling days. Your your uh, you owned a wrestling company, right? I did own a wrestling company. My good friend Joshua Hopper and I owned Chaotic World Wrestling, which is now Chaotic Wrestling up in New England. And we wrestled for some years with uh, incredibly strange wrestling. And a big shout-out <laughs> to one of my friends, El Homo Loco. who's a big <laughs> fellow by the name of Tim who played a big gay wrestler named uh, El Homo Loco. But somehow makes it all right to call it to wrestle a guy named El Homo Loco if he actually is a gay guy. <laughs> he wasn't a good guy. I don't know if I would have wrestled him doing that shtick. Wow. <laughs> uh, but we had, a, we had a standing rule whenever we, we wrestled through the Midwest for a couple, for about four months, five months. And uh, whenever we were in a town that was big enough to have a gay bar that he could go to afterwards and be the conquering hero, he'd win. But whenever we were in a town where we thought he'd get his ass kicked afterwards, I'd win. And I wrestled as a priest called the Missionary Man. So I got to uh, beat God into the heathen homosexual and, you know, just beat the living tar out of him. And uh, I would have him, I would uh, berate him to the point where he would give up his homosexual ways in the ring and, and, and swear that he would start eating pussy in there. Oh, my God. Event. Wow. Now, when was this? This was when, in the, the 90s? or? It was in the 90s. Uh, back when they're still with a very special episode. Uh, we wrestled, uh, we toured with the Wild with uh, me first in the Gimme Gimme, uh, the Super Suckers, a bunch of bands. It was like a punk rock and wrestling show. Wow. Uh, they need Kyle those Dante. nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Count Dante, who was a writer by the name of Bob Calhoun, wrestled with us, a guy by the name of Count Dante. Uh, he's written the autobiography about incredibly strange wrestling called Blood, Sweat, and Tortillas. Uh, you can wow. buy that on Amazon and read the accounts, the all two, two, two true accounts of some of the shit that went down. Wow. Wait, blood, sweat, and tortillas? Now, you said Bob Calhoun. That's not, he's no relation to Haystack Calhoun, is he? He, he wishes he was, but he's not. Oh, okay. He oh, okay. The, uh, he also did the complete biography of Gene, uh, uh, Gene um, uh, LaBelle, one of my personal heroes. Uh, one of the first great stuntmen of Hollywood and one of the first great, uh, really tough guys in Hollywood, Gene LaBelle. Wow. Now, that, you know, <laughs> we, you know, I want to get the blood, sweat, and tortillas. That sounds, I, I yeah, I got to read about all that crazy. Why haven't you started a book yet? Um, I really don't think my life is as interesting as most people do. It's, oh. it's, it's a full life. Did, did you hear I what did I did the weekend? What, yeah, I, you know, I saw pictures of what you did over the weekend. 
So, uh, so I was uh, I, I hosted a panel. Uh, this is my third time doing it on civil rights and social justice movements as reflected in comic books. Uh, I've been very lucky to have some great guests on the panel, including Dan Parent, uh, who wrote uh, the Archie Kyle books where Kevin Keller gets married, the first gay marriage. Oh uh, wow! Comic books. Nice. And, and uh, I've had some really great guests on. We're going to be doing it in St. Louis in about a, another month or two. And, uh, you know, getting people to talk about social justice and civil liberties in comic books is a terrific way of also segueing into the second part of the lecture, which is the current state of cosplay when it comes to social and civil uh, justice issues and uh, how nerd culture treats, you know, minorities in the culture. Wow. You know, I was just going to say, Bob is a big comic book. Well, you used to be. I still am. I have some of the yeah. the knowledge there. See, you know, I and I considered. I thought if we didn't have so much coming on, you know, going on right now, the fact that you were in New Orleans, New Orleans doing this because it was New Orleans, right? That's where you were this weekend. Yeah, I was yeah. going. We could we could surprise the hell out of him. Just fly down there for a Comic Con, New Orleans, and we could listen. He's on that panel. So, but or you hosted the panel. But yeah, we had too much going on. So I went, ah, damn. I'm really glad you posted the pictures. Uh, there's yeah. some great pictures. Pam Greer was the highlight for me. She came up and she loved my costume. Started talking to me about uh, all the stuff. It was terrific. Yeah, yeah, I hate you for that, you know, right? Because Pam Greer, man, I saw that picture and I went, ah, oh, he got to meet, we should have gone. He got to meet Pam. I love her. Love her. She's like butter. She was really super sweet, really nice. Um, Elvira was there too. She's totally bangable. Wow. 100%. I would still throw, like, a shot into any hole she pointed at. <laughs> Who? Elvira. Oh, wow. She, Elvira, this she, is in the dark. Who do you know that doesn't think Elvira's hot? I mean, that yeah, woman. You know, she's, uh, she's uh, you know, easily in her upper 60s now, but she's still just gorgeous. You know what? She's an alien. I told you. There's a whole bunch of them like that. And there's that, that would explain. She's more of a Botox alien than just an alien. But. God. <laughs> 60s, and she's looking like that. Terrific. Yeah. Wow. And she's hilarious. You know? She is hilarious. Used to watch her all the time. Man, I wanted to grow up to be Elvira. Kind of wish I had been. But uh, (laughs) anyway, um, go ahead. There's a story that someone said that I should tell on this one, but I can't believe you never heard it. You must have heard the Linda Carter story. You know what? I can't believe I, 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 I swear I've been, you know, racking my brain going, when did he tell us this story about Linda Carter on one of our walks? I'm, I honestly, I can't remember. So just now you get to refresh my memory and tell it anew uh, to everyone listening. I will, I will, I will tell you the slightly abbreviated story. Why? Uh, tell us the whole story. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm at work, by the by. So Linda Carter was uh, doing a show in San Francisco, and. Uh, it was at the plush room, which is this tiny little hole in the wall up in the tender oh, yeah. It's a beautiful little room. It you is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little hole in the wall, but it's a beautiful and real small. So it was a cabaret show. So, I mean, very intimate. So I bought a ticket, and I sit down, and I start having a few drinks, and there's this big guy next to me, and he's wearing a Miss America sash. <laughs> and I lean over, and I say, uh, and I can't help myself. I can't stop it. I cannot not say, hey, uh, what's with the sash? And he goes, oh, this is the shaft that Linda Carter wore when she won Miss America. And I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. 
and um, I have another drink, and we're talking a little bit, and all of a sudden, he's mad as hell at me. He looks at me and goes, why the fuck did you bring that up? I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of remarkable that you're wearing a Miss America sash, that's all. And then Linda Carter comes out, and she starts singing, and the guy grabs me, and he goes, what the fuck you got a problem with? I'm like, dude, and Linda Carter, you know how big the plush room is. Linda Carter is literally eight feet away singing Moon Over Maine. Wow. And this guy is picking a fight, so I go, let's, let's go outside. So we go outside, and this guy is just getting ready to fight. He's like, all right, guy, all right, Mark. I'm like, hey, I don't want to fight. I, I honestly, God, I thought your smash was cool, and, you know, I think we should get her to sign it. And as soon as I said that, he goes, oh, that's it. As if that was the worst thing I could think to say. Oh, my God. Worst of all, right at that point, I hear someone go, Hey, George, is this faggot bothering you? Um, now, my name isn't George. So I know that in this scenario, I must be the faggot. Oh, my God. George is the guy with the sash on, and he's got, like, eight friends. Oh, my gosh. I, did not, I didn't know how many it was going to take to kick my ass. But I knew how many they were going to use, and it was more than enough manpower for the job. Wow. So, so I started running through the tenderloin with these nine guys now chasing me at my heels. Wow. The good news is they were all smokers. <laughs> so I, uh-huh. into it, I started noticing that the numbers are dropping off considerably. So I start calling my friends, seeing if anyone can stop what they're doing and come and join me, because I think I got time. Wow. It, it ends up that I'm behind, if I'm out going up Van Estre, I'm up behind um, the Bevmo. There's only one guy left. It's not George. I don't even know who this guy is. So I picked up a garbage can as I rounded the corner, turned around, and then just bull rushed and smashed him in the face with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> as soon as I do it, I hit him with the corner of it on purpose because it'll hurt more. <laughs> as he's trying to get up, he's screaming at me, what the fuck are you doing that for? And I say, that's what you do in a street fight. Wow. And he, and, and he admits to me that he didn't even know what was going on. He just saw some people running and started joining in. I had no clue who George was, where we were coming from, what had happened. Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, So, this guy is almost out of it. I mean, I hit him pretty good. And uh, so I I get him to his feet, and we take him into a a nearby bar so the guy can put some ice on his face. And I'm apologizing. But, I mean, it was partly his fault for chasing me. Right. so the bad news is I totally missed the concert. The good news is I left a $75 bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, it all works out for old school. Did you please not do anything awful for five seconds? <laughs> that was, that was now, you know what? I don't think I ever heard that. Because I think Buck and I are looking at each other like, oh, my God, that is the best story ever. <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry you missed Linda Carter. I really am, but man, the rest of that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, God, I was like, there were a lot of other little weird things that happened that night too, including a cameo by Britney Spears, if you can believe it. What the hell? How did that yeah, happen? You know what? Yeah, you know where the Red Devil Lounge is, right? Right, right. 
Well, Britney Spears showed up and did This is when you were signing your comeback tour. I'm watching back all the press. I'm missing Linda Carter, and I happen to know the bouncer there. He's like, hey, Tom, Britney Spears is going to be here in about 20 minutes, and she's going to do a workout show. I'm like, Britney Spears who? Because, you know, there are a lot of transvestite acts that show up at the right. Red Animal Lounge. And he's like, no, no, not like, not like Britney with a spear. You know, Britney Spears. So I was able to watch like Britney Spears, you know, work out uh, a couple of her tunes before she took off in the Red Devil Lounge that night, too. Wow. Weird night. Yeah. No kidding. Was this before you met Lainey? Oh, no, 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 no. no. This was just uh, about a year or two before I met you. Oh, wow. <laughs> if it was a year before I met Lainey, the story would have ended very differently. Because I would have stalked Linda Carter. <laughs> Now, speaking of Lainey, would you mind telling the story of how you two, because I, I, that was New Orleans, right? Yeah, we met down in New Orleans. Uh, she mm-hmm. was homeless at the time. Now, people always say my life is remarkable. My wife went from homeless to a Ph.D. within, like, eight years. My wife is remarkable. I'm yeah. just a swab that gets to hang out with her. She's awesome. Uh, I love that girl. Dr. Lainey Strange is terribly awesome. Uh, we were waiting for the streetcar named Canal, which is right next door to the streetcar named Desire. And it would have been a better story if it was the streetcar named Desire. <laughs> uh, so we're waiting for the streetcar, and this drunk guy comes up, and uh, she's reading a book, and he goes, Hi, my name is Bob. <laughs> and uh, Lenny doesn't look up, and he repeats that about 40 times. I'm Bob. Hi, I'm Bob. And she's not looking up. She's just ignoring this guy. But I'm getting a little close because I think Bob might do something. And he does. He he moves off to the left and starts throwing up next to her. And she scoots down a little bit. And I get between them. And she notices me finally, looks up and smiles. And I say, I feel slighted. Bob didn't say hi to me at all. <laughs> and, that, and that was my big opening line to meet my wife. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, her knight in shining armor. <laughs> now, so she went from, that's so cool because she went from homeless to PhD in eight years. Mm-hmm. She's Dr. Strange because she's married to you. And, and what does she have tattooed on her arm? What was that? What does she have tattooed on her arm? She has the entire Dr. Strange uh, origin story tattooed up and down the arms. So cool. Because she's awesome. She is. I, I, I like Lainey a lot. Um, you were homeless, too, for a minute there, weren't you? In Hawaii, a wasn't couple, it? A couple of different times. I always tell people, if they're going to be homeless, be homeless in Hawaii. It's not so bad. Yep. Uh, this was before I met Lainey. This was, um, I was a very different guy yet again. I just got out of the military. A girl in Vermont had broken my heart, So and she said she needed room. So my good friend at the time, Mark Rogers, uh, sent me up. I, I gave, like, all, like, everything I had away. I sold everything, and I just said, fuck it, and I moved to Hawaii with no money with a friend of mine, Spatim Sala. Spatim Sala was an Albanian kickboxer who spoke no English except for what he picked up in Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> but since I watched every single Jackie Chan movie, I understood perfectly whatever he was saying because he was just talking these Jackie Chan snippets. <laughs> uh, so the two of us lived on the, the beach robbing tourists and just living on the side of um, Diamond Head for about a year and a half man but in Hawaii let me say this about tourists by the way if you're a tourist 
if you're going to go for a swim and you put your wallet in your shoe and you put your shoe under your towel, we see that. (laughs) My favorite thing to do when I needed money and I was a badder guy back then, I would wait for someone to jump in the ocean and put their wallet in their shoe, and then I would run up and I would take both their shoes and run like hell. If they chased me, I would throw one of the shoes. And it is amazing to me how many people would stop dead and go try to get that one shoe. Put it on and then try to run, thinking they'd run faster with one shoe on. I assure you, you do not. Oh, my God. I think that maybe he left the wall in the other shoe, which I never was. Yeah, so, you know, this is you've been on the other side of the fence, so you're able to tell us what to watch out for. See, and I never, I always thought, yeah, I am going to stick my uh, wallet under my shoe. That'll be, you know, and, and now I know. Now the last time, you told us that. And since you yeah, told so, us that, we had gone to Hawaii, and I didn't do that just because you said so. Thank you. I appreciate you not getting wrong <laughs> because of, you know, I taught a lot of people this trick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man. That, you didn't know what I did to, to make money to get off the islands? No. Oh, well, all right. So when I finally got rock steamer and I needed enough money to escape Hawaii, I invented <laughs> something called the Coalition Against Sexual Harassment. So I got myself a cheap suit from um, uh, the Goodwill, a clipboard, and a little American flag pen. you got to have the American flag pen because it's the little touches that make you look official. <laughs> and I would... And I would go door-to-door collecting for the Coalition Against Sexual Harassment to stop the sexual harassment of women in Hawaii. And if anyone paid my check, I would always say the same thing. Absolutely, just write it out to the Coalition Against Sexual Harassment, or you can lose our, 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 our call letters, which is C-A-S-H. And I would get people <laughs> writing me checks out to cash all day long. Until finally oh. I saw a little little picture of me on the news, and I knew it was time to cash all those checks and get the hell off of Hawaii. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I never you talked about the coalition against sexual violence. Oh. I have not been back since. <laughs> wow. No kidding. <laughs> That's okay. Isn't there a statute of limitations for certain crimes like that? Uh, yes, but uh, Hawaii is a little different because they have some sovereign laws. So. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! I didn't know that. See, and you know, for me, the creativity itself. You know, I'm not advocating that, guys. You know, um, don't go out and get people to write you checks like that. But you got to admit, that's pretty damn creative. <laughs> I'm yes, not proud of it, but I am proud of my uh, unique take on criminality. There you go. And, and then, okay, so then it's nice because, you know, I don't want people thinking, despite my, my lengthy, uh, my verbose introduction, you know, uh, just lauding all your your uh, your saintlyhoodness, whatever, right now, it's, it's, it's nice to know, yes, he is human. He has the other side of him, too. He just uses his powers for good now. <laughs> well, let me tell you some of the things that are going down here in Tennessee. Yes, please. I'm part of the Tennessee Initiative. I'm very proud to be. Uh, I've just started uh, the needle walks here. I've only picked up a few because this is much more of a meth town. Uh, but I have been able to give out uh, lots of socks, 
um, there's a, a big homeless population out here, you know, to talk to. And uh, I've been able to use some of my medical experience to uh, bandage up a couple of uh, frostbite wounds. Um, another spider bite. Do you remember the, the, the lady we treated with the spider bites that one time? Yeah. In San Francisco? I've come yeah. across that a couple of different times down here already, too. So uh, the homeless are, uh, you know, a little bit more prone to chiggers, lice, ticks, uh, especially ticks out here. I pulled, I think I pulled about uh, seven or eight ticks uh, out of people so far uh, since I've been down here. Um, I've been doing a little bit of work with the, uh, the Calvary Mission. I work, I'm a manager at a restaurant, and uh, we've been uh, donating a lot of food to them uh, from Central Barbecue. Uh, and that's uh, been a big help for the cavalry mission. Uh, I have a few more people that I've just met down here. I haven't met anyone face-to-face, but there's a guy in Chattanooga uh, by the name of Dark Ghost, which is a funny name for the guy because he seems, like, so upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> dark Ghost just seems like such a dark name for the guy. But he's a very upbeat, um, uh, very religious fella, uh, I've noticed from his writings. I haven't had the heart to break it to him yet that I'm a humanist. Uh, I suppose if you're listening to this show, I'm a humanist with agnostic tendencies, so I I believe in something, but I'm not sure what it is. Well, you know, as long as he's not trying to convert you, I don't see why you guys couldn't work together. Oh, absolutely. He's a a really nice guy about that. He's not preachy. I just, you know, sometimes I I stand on his wall. He's, you know, I know he's doing it. uh, Part of his motivation is his Christianity, which is great, whatever motivates you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever so, gets you uh, out there. Yeah, whatever gets you out there. He's definitely uh, in Chattanooga, and uh, we're going to hook up at some point. He seems like a real, uh, like his heart's right in the right place. He seems like a real good guy, so I'm hoping to uh, get him up here or maybe go down to Chattanooga and do some work. Uh, I have about, uh, I was very lucky to get about 500 pairs of socks uh, for my sock drive this year. I've given away uh, maybe 100, maybe 200 pairs so far. So i uh, got a pretty good clip going. Uh, this is our cold season. Uh, but as you know, those socks are needed in the summertime just as much because exactly. stinky summer socks suck. Exactly. As anyone's ever been no homeless will tell you. Uh, we've handed out uh, some food out here, but I haven't uh, I haven't done a big food handout yet. I think that will be my next big thing that we, uh, we try to do. And I have just hooked up with a uh, Bible, Bicycles, and Beer group which uh, is a religious group that drives their bicycles around uh, handing out supplies to the homeless at night. It's a terrific group, uh, a really smart way to do it. The bicycles can cover a little bit more territory. So I'm going to uh, hook up with them, minus the Bible for me, and uh, you know, go around and uh, try to help some of the homeless downtown uh, that way. Wow, that's pretty good, using bikes. Yeah, we could have covered so much more ground. But, we could yeah. a lot more ground, but, I, but we couldn't pick up as many needles. Right, we, right. It's not really here where I'm not constantly looking down for needles. Uh, it's a little bit more practical. But out there where you are, not practical. Plus, you'll pump no. fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, you're saying, I have to ask you this, ticks. I've never, you know, I've never seen a live tick. And I wouldn't know how to pull one out. I thought, you know, I, I used to think, oh, tweezers, but some... Don't some people say that that makes them, what do you do? Because I just don't want to make them burrow deeper because that would gross me out, number one. Number two would be bad for them. burrow deeper if you, if you uh, just try to use the tweezers uh, 
like you're just pulling out. Plus, you, you have a, a huge risk of burying the head. Uh, what I use mostly is I'll take a, a shave gel. You know what a shave gel is, right, but as opposed to shaving cream? Yeah. So you take a drop of the shave gel and you put it over it. Now, the ticks leave a small spot exposed because that's what they're breathing out of. They don't breathe, you know, inside the body. So if you cover that over with the shaving gel, they have to retreat. When they start retreating, that's when you can pull them out with tweezers. Wow. That's so cool. So you have shaving gel with you all the time now, just in case. Yeah, lately, yeah. Not, actually, not uh, the last couple of times because it's a little too cold. Most ticks are uh, not coming out in this weather. Uh, but in the summertime, I'm definitely always going to have this gel on me. Yeah, for people who are listening who don't know, old school used to be, um, we used to be teammates here out in California in San Francisco. And uh, he recently, um, well, to me it's recent, it still feels recent, moved to um, Memphis. And, um, oh, my gosh, you got to tell our listeners how you got there because you, you lived my dream. Uh, you know, uh, you're like the third person to say you lived my dream by doing this. <laughs> I got to tell you, I did it on a whim. If it's your dream, just go do it. For God's sakes, it's not that hard. I I drove my scooter from uh, San Francisco to Memphis uh, on a five-day cross-country sojourn. And uh, it was terrific. It was was great. 200 cc's, right? 200 cc's uh, and about 200 brain cells. That's what it took. Okay, we saw you not too long after you. We had the good fortune to be able to go through Memphis um, when we were doing our documentary tour last summer. And and you hadn't been there too long after, so you had all these fresh stories. Like, I remember you telling us about the bee. Wasn't there a bee? (laughs) Yeah, when I was coming through Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, you know, I was wearing my, my leather jacket, and a bee flew into my jacket. I was doing about 60 on the highway. And I realized there's just nothing for it. It's in your jacket, and it's just going to sting you. And if you panic, you're going to drop the bike. So I just kind of gritted my teeth. I felt it crawl up my neck and sting oh. me right in the neck. Oh. And at that point, I thought to myself, gee, I hope it's not a hornet. Because a hornet can just keep doing it. <laughs> right. Fortunately for me, it was a bee. I was able to slow down and get off the highway in about 10 minutes of just suffering with this pain in my neck. And uh, I pulled out the leather, and there was a, a, a fist of a swelling on my neck. Uh, but yeah. it went down pretty quickly after I got a little cold water on it. Uh, thank goodness yeah, you weren't allergic. Know. Yeah, that would have been bad if you were allergic. Yeah, because I was in the middle of nowhere. I would have pulled off the side of the road and just started waving at people, hoping somebody had the wherewithal to uh, pull over uh, with an EpiPen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, what was your favorite part about that? Because you did it in – how many days was that? Was it six days, four days? It was, a, it was about uh, five or six days. I think my favorite part about it was meeting the Memphis Kings, where the local scooter club, they actually rode out to meet me. What? And, went oh. and they gave me a, a caravan into the city. Oh, my <laughs> God, awesome. that's awesome. Oh, no kidding, right? That was terrific. Uh, another favorite part for me was uh, I saw the world's largest ball of uh, barbed wire, but it what? was uh, abandoned on Route 66. 
it used to be a tourist trap, but all of Route 66 got shut down uh, and closed off, that, which means, you know, totally open to me because I'm an idiot. So I just started taking this abandoned Route 66 part um, that was taken over by Route 40, and I found all these tourist traps, like the world's largest uh, bale of barbed wire, the world's largest thermometers out there, uh, the world's largest frying pan is sitting out in the middle of the desert. And uh, you can just wow. go out there and find it. And the uh, the tourist shack where they would sell souvenirs is still all there, but it's abandoned now because no one uses the highway. So at the world's wow. largest ball of uh, barbed wire, I went into the, the shack, and there were still, like, postcards and shit. And there was a coyote behind the counter. <gasps> and out of respect, I paid for the postcards to the coyote. I just left it on the counter for him just in case it was his place. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. You know what? I these now that that story fascinates me because, like I said, I've always wanted to do that. I've wanted to take. So you're right. I should just take my bikes and just do it. But I'll take your bike you, down and visit me. Yeah, you're saying though that Route 66 it's changed now. It's it's part of it's closed off. A lot of it's closed off now, and a lot of it I wouldn't do on anything other than a motorcycle or a really good jeep. I mean, the road is just totally tore up. Really? Wow. Yeah. See? All and you know, possible, really. Now, here's the thing: Were you how many hours a day were you driving? Were you riding on the scoot? I would. Uh, I had it set up so I would ride about six to seven hundred miles a day, which equaled about oh uh, about ten hours a day. Oh my God! Your poor butt. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? That well, you had a brand new scooter too, because I remember when you bought it in the city, and it was—it's a nice scooter, so it's probably all nice and it was, padded. And... It was nice and padded. It's a terrific scooter. Its name is the HMS, and it's uh, still one of my favorite uh, scooters I've ever had. I traded—I uh, wasn't going to do it on my 50cc one, but I would have had to really change the route, and it would have taken me about 10 days instead of uh, five. Now, aren't you glad you, you had the bigger, newer, you know, because I, I really liked your last scooter, but aren't you glad you had the new one for this? Because, yeah. Well, I like, the new scooter definitely let me do it a lot more efficiently because when I got frustrated that I wasn't making time, I could just jump on the highway with it. It, was high, it is highway legal. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there, was a lot of, there was a lot of big pluses to having the bigger bike. And you had, yeah, it has some storage, a little bit of storage under the seat, right? Did you wear a backpack? Is that how you carried your stuff? Because I know Lainey no, went ahead of uh, No, she actually came behind me. I wore, I took uh, some saddlebags. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, a couple wow, of saddlebags, see? that was fine. You know, I'm asking you all these questions because you got me interested in doing the cannon ball run. Are we going to do, do it with me, baby? Come on. Okay, now that you know, is, that, you said... Is that August? Yeah, no, no, it's next year, not this year. It's next year, okay. and it's in August, and it goes this year they're doing it a little differently. I mean, next year they're doing it a little differently. They're doing it from Fairbanks, Alaska, down to right. New Orleans. Yeah. Come on, do it with me. Oh, I already told the guys I'm going. I'm going, you guys can either get your M1s and go with us, or I'm going to go by myself, because who'd want to miss that? That's That sounds like the trip of a lifetime. So Fairbanks, Alaska, down to New Orleans. Now, you're going to do the whole trip? I'm thinking about it. Okay. Because even if I didn't do the whole trip, I would have to do it as soon as you entered the United States and then uh, <laughs> all the way down. So, yeah. But, no, that's that's my dream trip. And besides that, my birthday's in uh, September. So I would call it an early birthday present. 
There you go. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going to take my uh, – I'm doing uh, two more uh, comic book uh, panels. Uh, one of them is going to be in St. Louis. I'm going to drive my scooter there. That's only about a five-hour trip. But the other wow. one I'm doing is in Atlanta, and Atlanta will take me the rest of the way across the United States. So I'll, I'll go I'll go on coast to coast. You know, if you go to Atlanta, I'm saying it right now. I don't know if he's listening, but um, I'm gonna. You gotta hook up with one of uh, one one of the coolest people out there. It's Crimson Fist, nicest guy ever. You you and he, you'd hit it off like crazy. And he he's out there, you know, superheroing out in Atlanta. Yeah, terrific. I tried to hook up with uh, Nadra Ezra when I was down in New Orleans this last time, uh, but I uh, never heard back from him. Oh, that's too bad. That guy's brain. Yeah, Captain Aww. Black. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll be going down to New Orleans again, so maybe that'll oh, work. Um, I love New Orleans. Yeah, oh, I do too. Man, I, it, in Harvey, you know, I've been there four times now, and I think the hottest time I ever went was just this past summer, where I actually, the word oppressive, oppressive, that's all I kept thinking. <laughs> when I when I step out in the heat, I was going, this is oppressive, and I never felt that way before, but it was still awesome. I still loved it, so... Um, I was going to tell you socks. You mentioned socks because some people may not know this, but uh, in fact, our, our listeners may not know this. But old school, whenever we'd go out every weekend on the uh, needle pickups, he would bring socks. It was a great way for us to not get our asses beat in those, you know, seedy alleys. I'm not kidding. You know, you come walking through with a group, and the first thing they're thinking is, "What are you guys doing? Why are you guys here?" But then they'd see old school smiling face and he's holding up a pair of socks and pretty soon they knew this was the sock guy. And they would come up going, you got any socks? They'll do that now, still. You guys got any socks today? And we always have to make sure that we've got socks. So, um, yeah, thank God for that dollar store. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know what, though? I got to tell you, I found, and this is, this is one of anybody who's listening, I found a link. The box just came in today. Um, I got a link. Actually, Jet, Emerald uh, Foil from uh, the XJL, she sent me a link sure. where you can buy socks. And um, it's only $5 for a dozen, either black ones or white ones. It's, I think it's even cheaper for the white ones. I bought the black ones. They were $5 a dozen. The problem is you have to buy a minimum of five dozens. So really, that's not a problem because if you think about it you just spent less than thirty dollars for sixty days worth of socks you could wear a fresh pair every day for two months without ever washing them for under yeah. thirty bucks and uh yeah that's only that's almost like two months worth of socks for the group yeah see so we out maybe 10 to 20 pairs every time we went out so yeah Exactly. We'd go to the dollar store and spend at least a dollar on a pair, right? So what, 10 bucks for 10 pairs. Now, this this site that, that uh, she hooked us up to, and they're good quality socks, like I said, they just came in the mail today. Um, you know, what does that bring it down to? 30 cents a pair? You know, so yeah, that's, that's a lot better. Right? That's a lot better. I'll, I'll, we'll put the link up as soon as... Uh, soon as I can get it from Nightbug. But if you guys want to buy socks, white socks, black socks, you know, dress socks. We bought all the dress socks. Man, really good deal. Um, because we're doing, I don't know, are you going to be able to join us for Project Hope this year? Or are you Maybe. just too busy out it there? It depends. Well, I, I'm pretty busy out here. You know, uh, the new uh, the new job is keeping me kind of busy. And, but hopefully if my panel gets picked up for uh, San Diego, I'll uh, I'll be able to come out. Oh, you know, hell yeah. 
Yeah, but I've been meaning to say, you know, I don't believe San Diego is the best place for Project of Hope. The, the homeless population in San Diego isn't nearly as large. And it was well, I mean, they're, they're very well taken care of over in that. Uh, they, they have a better infrastructure than a lot of cities. Uh, I was hoping that maybe we could think about doing it in a, in a, a more needy city at some point. Oh, my God. Yeah, let we me... do other sides of hope in other cities. But San Diego, as you know, has uh, Camp Hope. Uh, which is that big homeless encampment. And um, it, it just seems like last year and the year before, we we had more supplies than we had need. I'll tell you, right now, you've hit the nail on the head. Um, what we try to do, because you've been there, so you've seen what's gone on. And uh, I, the year you were there, I'm not going to lie, it was it was kind of a clusterfuck. <laughs> it really was. Uh, you know, food was getting, like, distributed, and we are trying to pack it. We are all on the on the ground, on the hot, you know, just cement on there. Nobody had brought tables. It was really kind of an unorganized bit of a mess. But last year, I wish you were there because you know how we kind of um, created a group so that we could make sure that everything got taken care of? I'll be damned if that thing didn't go so smoothly. No one was, you know, everyone was using gloves. No food was wasted. Everything was in... Um, the assembly line type of, you know, uh, coordination, and it was so much smoother. But you're right, because last year, Travis Heisel of the – Travis and Ted came down. Um, they drove straight from from Utah and barely got any sleep and just drove straight in and, and made a 1,000 burritos, 1,100 burritos. You know what, old school? We couldn't find enough people to give those burritos to. We had to give, like, three burritos per person. So you're right. You know where the big need is? The big need is Skid Row. You, if yeah. Have you been there? Have you ever been down to L.A. Skid Row? I'd never been there before um, last year. Well, and, yeah, I've been to L.A. I've been to some of the senior parts of L.A., West Hollywood. I mean, we can, we can set up in West Hollywood, and yeah. not only would our costumes be the, less, the, the least ghost thing on the street, Right, uh, but we would definitely be able to feed. We'd, we'd get rid of all the food the way we get rid of all the food in San Francisco. Right. Well, you know what? We're starting. We we this year. Hope has two days. What happens is uh, Razor Hawk is is just he he wants to keep the one in San Diego because what happens is his family um, they save up for their uh, you know uh, Comic Con weekend. All you know, they spend the week there. And they save up all year, and, uh, and that's why he has hope to coincide with it. The only bad thing about that is that, like you said, the city's going to move ho- you know the the homeless population away from the convention center. So uh, what we did was we asked if we could do a um, a Los Angeles one. So we're going to have Saturday be Project Hope. Sunday is Los Angeles. That sounds way smarter to me. You guys are on the ball. So what are you guys in charge? <laughs> We're trying. You guys are, you are you in charge of superheroes, planet-wide, right? I mean, I've, I've read some of the things that say that you guys think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We try, You know, there's, there's always this. Uh, I don't know, especially especially now that we're not just you know we're not the initiative anymore. We're the hero initiative. Um, we 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 kind of just try to run our own stuff. And if anybody needs advice or if anybody needs any help, you know we try to offer what we can. Um, not like back in the day where we're completely against masks. 
That's crap. We're doing the East Bay Comic Con this weekend. Did you know that? I did. I've been following that. I love the cutout you guys came out with. That's, that's oh, isn't that cool? Brilliant. That Brilliant. is so That'll cool. That'll get people to come over. Sweet. Uh, you know what we're giving out over there? This is. I think you'll like this. Okay, first of all, we're giving out, you know, because I hear that food will get people over to your booth. And I yep. and people are actually having, like, cotton candy machines. In the, I didn't know that. I'm going, oh, really, food? Okay, well... Uh, Temper and I are, uh, we're whipping up 300 mini cupcakes and they're going to have, we already printed up the little initiative flags with the website on them to stick in the cupcakes, you know, and, uh, we've also got 200 condoms with little initiative, <laughs> with little initiative logo and, and, um, uh, website, you know, stickers right, on I'm them. Gonna, I'm going to need about a gross of those sent down to me. Thanks out. Extra large. Okay. I got you covered. <laughs> Yeah, extra small. You see me naked. Come on. <laughs> and when I say a gross, I don't mean like a used one that you guys use. I just, you know, I'm talking about the That's my definition of gross, okay? <laughs> to each his own. Um, yeah, that. and then we've got, uh, we're also giving away, um, what else are we giving away? We're giving away some little little uh, packs. What's that? First aid packs. For, little first aid packs with candy in them and of course, they're all going to have a little initiative flyer. So we're giving away about five, six hundred things. Plus, we're having raffles every hour. That so. sounds really smart. That'll go over really well. The East Bay Comic Con isn't, um, it's a, one of the smaller ones. It's a great place for you guys to start. Uh, yeah. I think you guys are going to do terrific there. Sweet. Thanks. We're hoping, because you know what? You know how hard it is to get a booth in Comic Con. Isn't there like a three year waiting list or something like that? <laughs> It, well, for Comic Con, it gets you know pretty competitive uh, because it was got taken over by Hollywood. Um, yeah. I've been pretty lucky that my uh, the panels that I run are, are being pretty well received, so I've been asked to a couple more cons already, and hopefully Dragon Con will uh, pick it up. And then if Dragon Con picks it up, that that's kind of the gateway to being picked up over to uh, uh, the big show. That would be oh my god, that'd be wonderful if you were there that weekend. You know what I miss? I miss we used to have uh, WonderCon, and uh, and Tam- remember in Oakland, or was it San Francisco? It was, it was Oakland. WonderCon. Yeah. Did we lose our call? Old school. I think we lost the call. Um, that's okay. He's on no. cell phone. Oh, he called back. If you can't, if you if you can hear us, old school, because it doesn't show that your call was dropped. We can't hear you. Um, but I was saying that there used to be a pretty decent-sized comic convention over here called WonderCon. And for some weird reason, it moved down to Anaheim. Now, why in the hell would you need another comic book convention in Southern California when you've got the mother load? There you are. Hey, old school. I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, I should go because uh, work will be calling me back in to actually do some work soon. One of the biggest advantages <laughs> of being a manager is I can say, hey, man, I'm taking off for an hour. But uh, oh, I should get back. But I did want to say thank you once again for having me on. And uh, keep up welcome. the good work, guys. You're my heroes. Thank you. You're our heroes. We'll keep talking about you while you're out of there. So uh, if your ears are burning, you know it's just us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just remember, uh, one of the reasons I changed my name is because <laughs> I didn't want to really rest on any of the laurels I've received in the past. You guys are the guys who are doing the needle walk now it's all your baby so you know keep Aww. up the good work it's your thing now don't worry you know the credit all goes to you guys because if you didn't keep it going it would have just died so Aww. you're my heroes keep it going and uh 
the, the big thing I think that always happens in these, uh, uh, hold on a second, I'm in everyone's way. The big <laughs> thing I think that's the biggest problem in, in the movement is that people want credit or desire credit. Those people, you know, self-destruct very soon. And uh, I just hope that never happens to anybody that we know. And, like, it's it's rare to be friends with a, an RLSH or for two and three and four years. And uh, right. I would, yeah, and I think I'm going to be friends with you guys until the very day I die. I, I that's, uh, that's, that's what we hope. That's what we hope too. And then I think part of that is because, uh, you know, we know we, we stopped the ego a little bit. So um, to any, you know, real life superhero out there or anyone who's in the movement, always about credits when people get into fights. So try to divest yourself of that. That's my go. soapbox moment. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We need and to hear that more one often. To grow. And that's one to grow on. <laughs> that's one to grow on. A very special episode, which is why I'm double old soul now. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> All righty then, sir. You go back to, are you at work at the Bacon Place? I'm at work at uh, Central Barbecue in when Memphis, Tennessee. Then Central Barbecue for all your barbecue needs. <laughs> there, go visit him, you guys, if you're anywhere nearby. We love you, man. Give Lainey a hug and your wolf dog, too. I will give her a kiss on all the pink parts for you. There you go. <laughs> uh, I love all you right. guys. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye. You, man. <laughs> oh, man. Now, that guy is... is What a jerk. <laughs> oh, now you can we talk trash, it. right? You can talk trash about him. That guy is amazing. He and, owes me um, money. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. You owe him your life. Yeah. Now, um, he's not here, but we can tell you a couple more stories about him uh, because we were there. And besides that, we know he wouldn't mind. Um, God, I should have had him tell the story about when he got kicked out of both. He's, he's been banned from uh, two of San Francisco's pet stores, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Those are great stories, and I don't want to ruin those because... You know, yeah, I could paraphrase and miss a miss a very important part of it, but I I won't. But you'll have to ask him, and he's very askable. How many Thomas Strange names will you find on Facebook? Yeah, probably just one or two, and you can always tell which one is him because he's wearing the Luke Cage yellow costume. Um, so look him up. But oh, look, there's a Thomas Strange in Marshall, Virginia. There's a Thomas Strange in Memphis. He's the one in Memphis, Tennessee. That's him. So look for that guy. Now, Tom Thomas, if you're if you're a part of the real life superhero movement, one of the things that uh, he taught us, um, even though he's trying to tell us, you know, it's our baby now, he taught us how to do these needle pickups. And this is not a joke. You don't want to go out there and and either get oh my god pricked by a needle, or um, you know contract hepatitis B, uh, Hep C, Hep B. Uh, by accident. So you, you need to be very careful. We filmed a, a PSA. Um, it's on our initiative. If you go to, is it Initiative Collective Videos or Initiative, something like that. We'll post a link. Let me look it up. Uh, Bug's going to look it up right now. But there's there's a real extensive video that tells you, because really, if you can't spend 20 minutes learning how to be safe while you're picking up needles, don't go out there, dumbass, because 20 minutes is the minimum you should be spending learning about uh, this needle pickup stuff. So let's see, initiative videos. Yeah, if you type in, um, is it the initiative by Initiative Collective? If you type in Initiative Collective in YouTube, 
uh, all of our videos come up. And let's see what the name of that one is. Yeah, the initiative videos is the name of the user. Yeah, the user because we're it, it would be called the initiative videos. We got lots of good PSAs on there, you guys. We've got PSAs on on awareness. We've got um, signs of hoax, you know, trailers showing us what you do if you want to join us. Signs of hope this uh, this July. Signs of hope and um, Project Hope. Project Hope was started by a guy named um, Razorhawk, Michael Jack Bernati. Um, along with um, Mr. Extreme of the Extreme Justice League, a group of real-life superheroes in San Diego. And they got together one year um, and decided that they were going to get together with any superheroes who wanted to fly in from around the country and join them in giving out food and water to San Diego's homeless. And it was during Comic-Con weekend because Razorhawk happened to be there that weekend. And, you know, they thought their costumes would fit right in with all the costumes walking around during Comic-Con. The next year they did it, uh, it doubled. Actually, it tripled, didn't it? I forget how many yeah, people were the first. It blew up. It blew up. There were 35 of us the second year. Um, and we gave, we what, close to 700 people we got to help feed that, that weekend. And then the third year, we blew up to 55 uh, real-life superheroes that came in from around the country. And we got to feed over 1,000 people. And last year, uh, 60 people, 60-something, and we fed, uh, well, we had 1,100 burritos thanks to Utah's Legacy Initiative, Um, and um, those guys feed people in their town all the time. They do needle pickups, too, and um, this whole needle pickup thing, I know that the Washington Hero Initiative does it. I know that the Legacy Initiative does it, but... Old school was really the catalyst for um, whether he wants to take the credit or not. He doesn't care about the credit. But he he told us that there was a needle problem that he was seeing a lot of in the Mission District of San Francisco. Um, there'd be needles literally out on the street where kids walk by and animals walk by. And he said, why don't we go pick these up? And, and Nightbug and I thought, oh, what the hell? Use needles? Nasty. But let's do it. You know, if they're out there, we should be helping the neighborhood get safer. So he showed us how to take a sharps container with us and what kind of gloves to use and what kind of um, objects to pick up the the needles with. And, and we always kept a running count only because we wanted to beat our, our personal best the next week. Um, and the first year we started doing that with him, we wanted to beat, he just wanted to beat 100 needles. We ended up picking up over 1,500 needles that year. And uh, to date, over the past, it's been over two years, we've picked up over 4,100 needles off the streets of San Francisco. And we've been in um, the Chronicle, San Francisco Chronicle, and we've been in uh, local San Francisco news and uh, on the radio for that. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool gig. Anybody wants to join us? We'd love to have you join us. Anyone want to start their own needle pickup in their town? If you guys got, if you guys have a um, a homeless population that uh, has a lot of needle use, and you want to start your own needle pickup patrol, then um, you should watch this video. It's got old school in it, and uh, members of the California Hero Initiative. Uh, do you know the? It's right there. Oh, what was the name of it? Uh, it is... It's called... Well... It's down here. I had it loaded up. You That's did. the link. 
It's called the California Initiative Needle Pickup Slash Patrol PSA. California Initiative Needle Pickup Slash Patrol PSA. That's a pretty good video. It shows you where we where we walk through. It shows you that it's not a glamour gig. Whatever you do, please do not bring your shoes inside the house after a needle pickup patrol because your shoes are carrying all kinds of stank, nasty stuff. Um, and when we happened to talk to some police officers who were wondering, you know, what we we're doing, uh, they were very friendly about, um, you know, after we they found out what we were doing because at first I think they wanted to bust us. What the hell are you guys doing over here? Oh, we're cool. We're just we're picking up needles. And old school has a way of disarming everybody instantly. Not literally disarming them, but, you know, his smile, his laugh. Uh, and so by the end of that conversation, you know what? The cops were telling us, oh, you know what you can do? Don't just walk in your house with your shoes. Keep a cookie tray with a little bit of bleached water out by your front door and just step into those and leave your shoes off when you go into the to the house. Pretty cool advice from the... SFPD. Thank you, SFPD, for that. Um, if you want to join us for Project Hope, I was I was talking about Project Hope, and I got sidetracked. You? Yeah. yeah. Sidetracked. I, I get derailed quite often. Um, yeah, yeah. My middle name is Digress. We uh, get food. We get uh, toiletries, socks. Sleeping bags, backpacks, you know, we, we have people, we know, parts of the real life superhero movement. We're collecting, um, you know, all year up until the weekend of Comic-Con in July. We send all that stuff to uh, San Diego and then we all meet up down there and we meet up for a day of homeless outreach. That's what we do. We put all the things together in packs and bags and we hit the streets and we look for the homeless out in San Diego Um there's a certain area near downtown where they usually congregate. Um, not not nearly so much. We've noticed a decline because I actually believe that they're starting to move the homeless back. It's an unfortunate thing, but it's the reality. They know that people from all around the world are going to come into San Diego to hang out at the Comic-Con, and they try to beautify San Diego any way they can, which means they're moving the homeless. They, they're displacing them. Um, further away from the con. So, you know, we had to spend uh, about three hours hunting them down just to give them the food and all these toiletries. But it was worth it. Uh, as Old School mentioned, to make it a better, to make it an even better um, outreach this year, we're turning it into an entire weekend. Saturday is San Diego Comic Con. Sunday is Skid Row, L.A. Um, I'm sorry, San Diego Hope. And Sunday is Skid Row, L.A. Hope, Project Hope. And um, we'll be setting up over there. And in case you've never heard of Skid Row or been there, uh, the they have the largest stable homeless popula population in the United States, ranging, um, the numbers have gone up anywhere from six to 11,000 at any given time. That's a small city, if you think about it. And when I was there last year, I was overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. I've been doing, uh, we've been doing homeless outreach for, gosh, it's going on. It'll be going on three years this year. And I've never been so overwhelmed by the numbers as I was that night in Skid Row when I just thought we had, we had brought 200 burritos with us and we didn't even get down an entire block and didn't make it past 10 minutes. Those burritos were gone. And I, I really felt like we weren't 
doing much. But, you know, uh, Seraph, I know you're in the chat room and I always bring this up, but uh, Seraph, um, one of the members of the California Hero Initiative Los Angeles, he reminded me that, yes, we are doing something. We're giving that person hope. We're letting them know that someone actually cares. That's important. That's why we do what we do. So um, let's see. We've got about 10 more minutes left. Uh, anything else we want to talk about between now and then? I know I'm going to for I'm forgetting something. You know what? I forgot. That's right. Part of this was supposed to be our love episode. Don't hang up. Shh. Don't turn off your <laughs> Don't go away. This is important. It's, Holy it's, fruit salad. Exactly. It's, it's Valentine's Day this weekend. And before you go on and be a damn hater with your anti-Valentine's Day, oh, it's just a Hallmark holiday. Who gives a shit? You know what you can do with it? Take it. And even if you don't have a sweetheart, is there nobody in your life that you love? Is there nobody that you appreciate? That's crap because, you know, I know you love me. It's okay. I love you too. Exactly. Okay, can you stop? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's how Chunk says I love you. Can't you, you know what, I, I don't see why we can't just take this day. This is my soapbox. Why can't we just take that day and whatever, you know, you can fight it all you want. It's not going to go away. And it's really, is it that harmful? Is it really is it hurting people that much? To And I know, don't give me this crap where Valentine's Day should be every day of the year. You know what? Fuck that. Come on, really. I mean, yes, we all say I love you. We all, in our family, we don't take each other for granted. We all are very grateful for each other every day. We try to say I love you every single time we talk on the phone um, with our family members. But, you know, I, I really don't see the harm in taking one day of the year and making it a little more special. That doesn't mean you have to go get flowers doesn't mean you have to go get candy how about just doing something freaking nice for somebody how about doing something in the name of love what's wrong with that seriously if people would <laughs> thank you i appreciate that well that ended anything else i had to say about it uh let's see you know i think um you hate me i'm sorry we have uh our documentary, uh, our Nation of Heroes documentary. In case you haven't heard of that before, you can check out uh, you can check out the California Hero Initiative on Facebook, and you can check out um, Nation of Heroes on Facebook. If you if you enter that at the search bar, you'll see Nation of Heroes. And we've got a documentary that um, we we're putting together. We filmed most of it last summer. We took a trip across the United States looking for people doing good things around the country. That's it. Just good things around, you know. And what's the catch? There is no catch. We need less honey boo-boo. We need less Kim Kardashian bullshit. And we need more good news. And so we went around filming these people doing good things in their communities just because they wanted to, because it's the right thing to do. And we're um, set to launch that this spring. I'm going to knock on wood so that, you know, <laughs> that happens. You know how it goes with, with releases, especially when you're you're not a big multi-billion dollar, um, you know, movie uh, company. And we're not. We're just, we're guerrilla film and everything, and we're, we're working in-house. Anyway, that's coming out, and we're hoping that that'll do some good, and we're hoping that'll start a chain of uh, events 
leading to more good works and maybe some weekly uh, news reports about good things going on in the United States instead of all this other celebrity crap that really we're a little too addicted to people. We need to stop watching that crap and start making good things happen. Um, I'm looking at Buck. I'm wondering if there's anything else that's coming up on the calendar that uh, we should be promoting. Calendar. 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 What a segue. That's very good. (laughs) That makes it for that Valentine's Day thing. Uh, We have a... We have a calendar that we put together with um, the help of some ladies from the burlesque scene, uh, specifically the Red Hots Burlesque in um, San Francisco, and Dottie Lux, who's awesome, and Ginger Sky, who's awesome, and uh, also the New York School of Burlesque with... um, Oh, my goodness. Let me make sure I don't want to get her name wrong. If she's listening, I really apologize. Trying to remember 10 different things right now. Um, You know, we'll provide a link. Anyway, we got together with these wonderful ladies of of, uh, Burlesque, and we put together a calendar, and um, the calendar benefits. Everything that we sell goes to uh, Pink Light Project. The Pink Light Project is something really beautiful because we always talk about trying to prevent cancer, breast cancer specifically, but once you've had breast cancer and a mastectomy or double mastectomy, you know, and you're a survivor, it's not easy to get back into any kind of routine right away. And the Pink Light Project, what it does is it teaches free burlesque classes to survivors of breast cancer. And it helps them to feel beautiful again and active and joyful. And uh, everything we sell from this calendar goes to helping the Pink Light Project. You can Google that and see it. Um, more details for yourself. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find out the name of, of the other wonderful lady who started the New York um, School of Burlesque. Joe Weldon, and what's in the calendar? Is the calendar just pretty little fields and flowers, or is it cute little puppies? Hell no, it's ladies. It's ladies. These are gorgeous ladies, and I don't mean 36, 24, 36 ladies. Yeah, there's a couple of those in there, but come on. Reality is that's not real. That's not realistic, and um, We've got ladies of all sizes and shapes in there, and um, all the ladies in the calendar are ladies who, I'm not going to call them all superheroes, real-life superheroes. They're just wonderful people who are doing stuff for their communities, and I don't mean they went out and they picked up garbage once. No, I mean, these are ladies who are consistently, month-to-month, doing something good for their community, and if you hit them up on Facebook, they'd be happy to meet you and happy to have you join them in their efforts to to make their communities better. So for that, we put them in the calendar. They have some wonderful tips on how to make your communities better. They have some really funny favorite quotes of theirs, and they have a a little story on on what drives them and what, uh, you know, gets them going when uh, they need the... I'm looking at the link right now. Thank you, Bug. You know where you can find this calendar? Because it's an important calendar. It's already February, and um, I'm pushing it a little because uh, I am miss February in the calendar. So, yeah, there's a no promo. Yes, there is. Go to Zazzle.com. 
Zazzle.com is where you can buy the real-life She Heroes and Villains calendar. That's right, Zazzle, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com. And then you just type in real-life She Heroes and Villains 2014 calendar. And get that. Man, it's only like 20 bucks. How can you beat that? Calendar with awesome people who, who you know, help benefit uh, breast cancer survivors. Okay, so we've got that. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Welcome. We already talked about our appearance at East Bay Comic Con. Did we, East Bay Comic Con. If you are in the San Francisco, the um, San Francisco Bay Area, East Bay Comic Con is going to be in Concord, California for one day only. And that is this Sunday. Sunday, not Saturday. One day only from 10 to 430 Check this out. It's only $5 to get in. And children eight and under are free. Five bucks. Come on, man. This thing's been going on for 22 years. Uh, and they've got a really cool panel going on, including, um, oh, my gosh, some vendors and artists that are signed, Jeremy Rathbone, um, Adams Comics and Collectibles. They have, uh, oh, God, you know who they've got for guest panels? Scroll down there and I'll tell you. Um, they have, I know, I believe James Obar is going to be there. You guys know who that is? You probably do if you're cool like that. He, if you don't, he wrote The Crow. In fact, on Saturday night, he, they're having a, um, a screening of The Crow and he will be on hand afterwards for a Q&A. That's pretty cool. Like, I remember being, it's being held in Concord, California, which is just, what, 20, 25 minutes away from San Francisco. It's a really quick drive. Um, and you can check that out by and see who's there, who's going to be there, by putting uh, East Bay Comic Con in your Google search engine, whatever search engine you use. Um, East Bay Comic Con, it'll come up. So we'll be there. Come and see us. We're giving out condoms. <laughs> We're giving out cup cupcakes and condoms. We got a couple. What else do you need? I know, right? There you go. Cupcakes, condoms, and um. What else are we getting at? Oh, yeah, little Medi packs to walk around. You can keep these little tiny Medi things um, in your purse with you, you know, and, and, oh, check it out. I cut myself. I've got an alcohol swab. I've got Band-Aids. I've got uh, little Q-tips, little candies if I'm run down, stuff like that, aspirin. It's pretty cool little thing. It's just a little, but it's just, don't get all excited. It's just a little Ziploc-y thing, but it's got some really cool stuff in it. We're giving out a ton of those. Plus... Dudes, we have a raffle every freaking hour. We're giving out prizes. That's right, a raffle. You don't have to do anything. You just have to show up. And uh, last but not least, we created this big old wooden cutout. Um, what would you call it? You know those little cutouts you put your head through, and suddenly you're that person with the weird body. You know, um, whatever's painted on the front of the the stand. Well, we uh, created one of those, and. Uh, you're not going to look weird. If you put your head through this, you're going to look like Joe Badass. I promise you, because we made a really cool one. So come and visit us. Um, we've got two minutes left. And with that, I want to thank my guest, uh, Old School. Because Old School, actually, he was Old School when he was in San Francisco. Now that he has moved to Memphis, Tennessee, he is Agent Double O Soul. And if you knew him well, you'd know why. But, uh, Luke Cage, every single comic con that guy dresses as Luke Cage. So thank you, old school, because we really do miss you. Every time we go on a needle pickup, we miss this guy. 
because he's the one who showed us where to go in the first place. I want to thank the people in the chat room. Hey, Sarah, you rock. Geek Pile. We've got Geek Pile Radio on in there. Awesome. Um, and <laughs> join us next week. Next week, we will be uh, broadcasting at some point from, I think we're going to broadcast from Disneyland. I think our next one is going to be from Disneyland. We're going to be hanging out with some villains, real-life supervillains, no lie. That's what we're doing. And we will be broadcasting from the Magic Kingdom. That's going to be insane. You know, so if they're going to be with us, those villains will probably have us held hostage somewhere in, like, Small World or something like that, where we have to listen to that damn song over and over. Actually, you know what? I like that song. I'm probably the only person I know who loves the Small World song. Not 50 fucking times in a row, but, you know, I love the song. Yeah. So... I like all Disney songs. Uh, we love you too, chat room guys. Um, and I think with that, I'll uh, I'll let you take it out with our cool ass outro music. I will do that. Do that. Thank you, you guys. Thanks for listening, Tribe Radio. Stay safer, healthier, and happier. Remember, do some good. Be your own hero. Talk to you next time. That's what she said.